from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Money Movers, welcome back to Money Moves, the daily podcast determined to give you the keys to the kingdom of financial stability, wealth, and abundance. I'm your host, Tanya Sam, and our next guest is a competitive strategic advisor, analytical storyteller, and acclaimed keynote speaker. Her eclectic 16-year career within strategic intelligence and technology has taken her from the US Department of Defense to teaching students abroad in China. She currently resides in London, where she is an intrinsic part of the tech community and was recently named by the Financial Times as one of the top 100 Black, Asian, minority, ethnic, BAM, leaders in the UK tech world. Money Movers, please welcome to the podcast, Suki Fuller. Hi, Suki. Welcome. Oh, thank you very much for the nice introduction, Tanya. 
Oh, well, you have earned it, my sister. You have earned it. Suki, you have a tremendous amount of accolades throughout your career. And to those who don't know you, and one of the things that the beauty of our podcast now is we are going across the pond. We're going global. And with our connections through Greenwood, the gathering spot in Valence, we're being able to tell the stories of many of our members in the Black community, in the tech world, in other worlds, through entrepreneurship and success. And I really appreciate your time today. But will you take a minute and give our viewers a high-level summary of, you know, who you are and how you've gotten to this point in your life in this tech world as well? Ah, a high level. <laughs> it's hard, right? You're like, I put a do lot of time the, into this. Do you want but the yeah. uh, national security brief, which is one page, or do you want the three-page? <laughs> the one-pager, the one, pager, the one pager. How do you spend your time? Maybe we'll start now, but how do you spend your time now? And then, then we'll be able to go back into, you know, oftentimes people ask me too. They're like, how did you get into tech, especially as a black woman? But let's start at the present day, how you spend your time, you know, right now and for the past couple of years, and then we'll go back in the how you to how you did it. Okay, so now a few of the things that I do, I still am a strategic and competitive intelligence advisor. So in the tech world, I work with three different areas. I work with startups mm -hmm. and those are generally people that are in the underrepresented area and that's helping them figure out their strategic advantage, so to speak, and also helping them and advising them on how to get funding, whether or not they need funding and the direction they need to take in order to mm -hmm. really become more competitive. And then in the medium area, that's more like MNCs, whatever, large companies, those are straight strategic intelligence projects. That's helping people identify white space. That's helping mm -hmm. companies knock out competitors, that sort of thing. Then there's also the government arm where I work with organizations like GCHQ and the NCA, and that's working with them mostly on safety tech. So that is really helping online harms in that area. And then there is the arm, which is my favorite arm. <laughs> and that is, that is advising VC funds. And that's my favorite arm because I just basically get to go in there and tell a lot of people, you need more black people, you need more women. Right. Until you do that, you will always be last. <laughs> Even if they facts. are first, they will be last. But, you know, this is like, it's going to happen. So you, you, you need to step up. Oh, I love that. And, and this is such an incredible career trajectory because you've worked with the Department of Defense. I mean, you even sort of alluded to you've got some to work with the Department of Defense, you have to have some special privileges there. So let's go back to how you sort of got into this role. Everyone wants to know, especially from people of color, how you got into tech. And I know a little bit about you. So I know you come from a background that is, you know, your parents, et cetera, had an engineering background. How did you really make the break into getting your first job and then spending this time like busting through the corporate ceiling? busting through the corporate ceiling. You know what? I always think there is actually no ceiling. I've never thought there was a Ooh, ceiling. I love that. Yes. Um, I've always thought, you know, there really isn't any height. Um, I'm weird though. I'm one of those special cases where people always talk about like imposter syndrome. I'm like, no, I was a kid I and I didn't catch it to the queen. You know, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I met the queen when I was a kid and I did not curtsy. Everybody else curtsied <gasps> and I did not curtsy. And they were like, why didn't you curtsy? I said, you're like, well, hello, we human being. <sighs> well, when we did the practice, the teachers didn't tell us to curtsy. They curtsied to us. 
And I handed the flowers. They didn't tell us that we were supposed to curtsy. I'm like, sorry, semantics, but you know, hey. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. But that's uh, such an important lesson because I find a lot of our, you know, a lot of women in general, I mean, I, I've been, you know, when we talk about imposter syndrome and talk about all these things, you know, having just this idea that there is no glass ceiling. So I'm just going to keep going like higher and higher. Yeah. I'm just like, okay, whatever. <sighs> From what I see, there are stars until you get to the star and then you get to the next star and you get to the next star. It's infinite. So, you know, whatever. That's, All I works love that me. attitude. Exactly. Just on to the next galaxy, on to the next galaxy. Exactly. And so getting into tech, I, it's really weird because I, I always think that I was not intentional, but I, I probably was yeah. unconsciously, subconsciously intentional because I always wanted to be James Bond. I always wanted to be M and Q. I always wanted to be Indiana Jones and Poirot. And they're all male characters. Interesting. I never thought of them as being male characters. They yep. were just pieces of my personality that fit. So when I got into the intelligence sector, which was sheer luck that mm -hmm. I had to find a degree program, you have to test to get in, you have to interview to get in. And when I got into that program, I was like, ah, oh, it's all coming together. All the pieces of me were in finally in one place. And working in that program, so Mercyhurst University, Intelligent Studies, um, shout out Mercyhurst, woo woo. Um, yeah. <laughs> the great thing is when you're in that university program, you are actually learning how to be an intelligence analyst by practical application and theory. So you're actually working on projects for government organizations, law enforcement, or, you know, private corporations while you are a student. So your second semester, trimester, our school's trimesters, but second trimester, you are working on a project freshman year. They throw you in it and you're fast. working. It goes in and you just got to keep your head above water. Something easy, but you start out like that. So when you actually leave, university, you walk out the door and you're good to go work anywhere in government and start out, you know, GS seven or GS nine or whatever. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. My first job, I got to work at the organization that ends in a, but doesn't begin with a C, um, as a technology intelligence. <laughs> I love that. But, uh, I didn't, I didn't enjoy it. Um, mainly because of structure, even though I was in army yeah, reserve, yeah. I still did not enjoy structure. I'm one of those people. I, I can't work for anybody else. You're the <laughs> classic entrepreneur. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you exactly. And, and that doesn't go over too well, except when you ultimately end up being right. And then people come right. back to you. Or the boss, right? Where you're right. Yeah. And those are your boss. And, you know, you were really the visionary person leading. So I, I was I was good. I was good at being a technology analyst. And that just that interesting technology was already there and it just continued. So in every, every job you're doing, every industry I've worked in, you always, as an analyst, need to have some sort of technical ability because mm -hmm. you're gathering information. So you're using different applications. You have to use different types of data. You have to be able to manipulate data. You need to be able to read and understand it, organize it, analyze it, collate it, whatever you need to understand the technical and quantitative aspects. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. then in order to really be good at the stuff that I do now, 
you need to be able to work qualitatively. And that's working with ethnographic data, working with research groups, being able to go to an event and talk to people. And right. that's basically primary gathering. And I'm one of those people, one of those individuals in the world where I am very much an ambivert in personality and an ambivert when it comes to skill for being an intelligence analyst, because I can work with both sides. I can explain the data to the board members and I can also go and talk to your data analysts and say, okay, this is what they're looking for. This is what you're doing wrong. You should go here and look for this. And I can, I can go and basically talk to the people in the pits and go and talk to the people in the clouds. <laughs> and honestly, that's such a skill and a talent because it's like you're a translator and data is informing our world. You know, anybody who's building a business right now, understanding the importance of the data that your business, your customers are informing you is key and clutch, right? Um, but you are also sort of this translator because you are also a people connector, you know, very much a self-professed self connector, brand helper, you know, this keynote speaker and storyteller. So being able to transfer the story behind what data is saying to the needs of a company, to salespeople is integral. But let's bring it back to people again. You know, let's talk about this Valence Network that you have been probably one of the founding members of. I think one of our <laughs> earliest members in that Valence in the Valence Network, and how that sort of helped you benefit both professionally, but also I think you were one of the key mentors in that space as well. <laughs> when people say, "Oh, you're a key mentor," I'm like, "No, I wasn't." But then people have reached out to me and said, "Oh, yeah, you really helped me." I, I didn't really consider myself as being a mentor per se. I just always thought of it as helping out somebody. But yeah, I guess um, Valence, that came about, you know, I still don't remember who originally told me How about you found the out, right? I do not know. I just know that I was all of a sudden on the, the website, which was a little rickety back then, but hey, you know, improvements. And, um, That's right. And then I, I got on there and I was like, okay. Then I attended some of the events online and it's been interesting because I have met some people that I probably would never have met if I weren't in the Valence Network, just because our, our lives wouldn't have intersected uh, they might might have maybe five, six years from now, but mm -hmm. this is definitely, you know, sort of sped up the connections because I'd say I'm probably a little bit more, I hate the term aggressive, but it, yeah, I could say aggressive. You know what? Yeah, I'm going to own that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's great though. Yeah. I feel like it's we need like, to own yeah, these probably, things. Yeah. I'm probably more aggressive connecting with people online then if I were at an event, I would be like, yeah, you know, I'll go and talk to some people. But online, yeah. Yeah. I'm very focused and aggressive when it comes to who I want to connect with because I might not ever get the chance again. That right. opportunity may not come up. I wouldn't be able to meet them if I didn't. So it's like, got to make the connection. You got to go you make... for it when you can. Exactly. And it's definitely played a role in connecting people during the pandemic. So... And when you're on the other side of the world and you know that you're not going to be able to go to an event and meet somebody, you darn well take that time and build the relationship because everything in the world, doesn't matter what it is, is built on relationships. Everything is built on relationships and networking and the value in those relationships.
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. I'm Elia Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes... I guess identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Johnny B. Good. And I'm the host of the new podcast, Creating a Con, the story of BitCon. Over this nine-part series, I'll explore the life and crimes of my best friend, Ray Trapani. I always wanted to be a criminal. If someone's like, oh, what's your best way of making money? I'm like, oh, we should start some sort of scheme. You see, Ray has this unique ability to find loopholes and exploit them. They collected $30 million. There were headlines about it. His company, Centratech, was one of the hottest crypto startups in 2017. It was going to change the world, until it didn't. I came into my office, opened my email, and the subject heading was FBI request. It was only a matter of time before the truth came out. You can only fake it till you make it for so long before they find out that your Harvard degree is not so crimson. How could you sit there and do something that you know will objectively cause more harm in the world. Listen to Creating a Con, the story of BitCon, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So as we're moving forward, you know, you've done a lot in your career. What comes next for you? What are you setting your sights on? I know you said the sky is the limit, but you know, are there new areas that are coming up in the tech world? Yeah, tell us. 
so I had I had previously started a fund with a with a friend back in 2017 and we we just we just didn't do it we were too early and our fund was basically my friend he's Muslim and we were like well we, we're gonna do a fund based on those principles and we were too early for the market and now of course everybody's doing Everyone it we're like has oh. a fund. everyone's <laughs> and yes. we're like we should have stuck with that um but but uh, I'm I'm toying with the idea of doing a fund again. Um, angel investing is fun, mm-hmm. but but a fund I, I just like the, the challenge. <laughs> Not yeah. gonna lie, the challenge. Um, I'm writing a book that takes that takes a whole lot of energy. That takes a whole lot of energy and focus, and you have to you have to focus. You have to focus. And yeah, writing a book is congrats. I have. The big issue of I have too many interests, so you know I like too many things. Yes, I know. I I I, have, I suffer from this as well. Um, I like my hands in multiple different pots. I wear many different hats. But yeah, it's deciding you know where you want to rest your hat for a little bit of time. Oh well, Suki, this is really incredible. I feel like I'm I'm excited. I think you were the perfect person to sort of launch a fund. You have the background for it. You know, you've got the connections, and you know how to also help entrepreneurs really grow a business. And I think that's the key behind you know successful funds. You're not just providing um, funding, but the backbone to help them scale. And that adage of like, how can I be helpful? Like that's I think the real thing that fund managers can have to add value to their dollars too. Yeah, I think uh, a lot of people have started, I I think we've seen a change. We've seen a change in the market when people are starting investment funds is that now you have a lot more people that are operators that have actually Uh worked within a tech company or founded their own tech company. So they're not completely clueless as to the whole process. Before you had a lot of people that had no idea. They just Uh got out of some consulting company and decided they wanted to start a fund. And they had no idea about actually being an entrepreneur. So I think there's a, a, a big difference in the market now. And also, I love the fact that it is becoming more diverse. Yep. Yes. And yes. I, I think everybody is completely got their taken. The, the blinders have come off. And now you have everybody saying, oh, well, why can I? I can do a fund. Yep. Before yeah. it was like, I, I can't do a fund. And now it is, I can do a fund. And yep. guess what? You can. I don't see why people just, uh, I'm always like, just go for it. <laughs> yeah, go just for go it. for it. Well, you know, I think and this, again, speaks to just how times are changing in terms of diversity, social awareness. But once upon a time, funds and the hedge fund, it was the world of the pale male. And it was dominated very much by like white men. So it wasn't even that we couldn't do it. It's just, we never saw anyone there. And now, like you say, to your point of like, Hey, I, there are no walls, there are no rules. And so everyone's saying like, I can do a fund. Oh yeah, we're coming, we're coming for it because we actually have that diversity of thought, that lens that will actually lead to the most successful funds, as you say. So I, I appreciate that. I don't understand. And that's another thing, too. The whole people are going to be upset. Oh, well, whatever. Uh, uh-huh, <laughs> debunking, uh-huh. debunking that if you can't see it, you can't be it. Because I'll let you know, everything I've done in my career, there's usually not ever been a black person or a black woman before me. Mm-hmm. My, my um, intelligence degree 
there was no other black female graduate before me. I didn't think, I didn't even know that. I did not know that. I got an alumni award in 2019, distinguished alumni. I was the first person from the intelligence school to get it. I was the first black female to get the award. <laughs> and I was also, then they said, oh, well, you're the first black female graduate of the program. I was like, that thing's been around since 1991. Exactly, right. <laughs> and I'm like, what? I'm the first one? I didn't even know that. It never occurred to me when I was in, and I went to, it's a private four-year Catholic university. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I didn't think about it. I was just like, the goal, get that degree, get the job. And on to the next. Get going. Right? Mm -hmm. Yep. That was always it. It's like, get going. I did not think about it like that. I was like, I got, I got goals. Wow. I got other goals too, but I can't tell you those yet. Suki, I love your story. I love your passion. I love your energy. And I love just the forward motion drive that you have. This is the beauty of our community and being able to make these connections. Suki, before we go, I just want to make sure that you share with our Money Moves audience where they can find and follow you on social or the web so that we can continue to see your journey. I would say my website, but man, that thing needs to be updated. But <laughs> maybe it will actually get updated in the next few weeks. <laughs> there you go. Yep. So my website is just sukifuller.com. And um, I'm on social. Mostly, I'd say LinkedIn is probably an Instagram. Instagram is more of my personal journey of me just taking selfies every day, trying to stay Fair enough. focused. Aren't we and, all right? Um, mm -hmm. Twitter. I always tell people this. These are the ways I explain social media to my people. Facebook is for friends and family. And that's yes. like being in my house. So yes. that's a closed community for me. That makes and sense. Twitter is like being in my backyard or in my garden. Like you're close to my house, but oh. you can still have conversations and you're outside the house and Every once in a while, people that I don't like decide to come into my front yard and I say, you got to go. You got to go. Yep. And my neighbors will be looking out and saying, that person should not be in your front yard. They got to go. Mm -hmm. Then you have LinkedIn and that's my office. Mm -hmm. So don't ever say anything in my office that you would not ever say. And if you can't say it in my house, you can't say it in my office. Mm -hmm. If you say it in my office and I don't like you, I'm going to tell you about yourself. Got it. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> Okay, so and, Suki Fuller. So wait a minute, and Instagram. Oh, more. And Instagram, okay. Instagram is is me just showing people me. Hmm. So I I don't. I'm one of those people. I'll take a selfie every day, and I'm generally smiling in the selfie. But the words may not match up with what I'm saying. It might be like I'm smiling, but this is the smile after I you know had a really bad stomach experience. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yes, because it's real. You know, yeah, but um, but that's you know, nobody posts things that they don't really like on Instagram. I always tell people that it's, it's true. always what you like, you no, know, unless you really like hate cats or something, you exactly. have exactly, exactly. But yeah, but that, that's what I tell people, those are the places. So if you want to find me, I'd say come to my office to LinkedIn, <laughs> yes, that's right, and, and you know, and if you want to know and maybe me, maybe one day you'll Instagram. be invited to my home, which is Facebook. Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> no. Anywhere where, you know, my mother is. No, that's, a, that's a very take too much place. time. Yeah, that's a very special place because mm. you don't want to get chewed out by my mother. 
Oh, well, I can appreciate that. With the Jamaican heritage, I'm sure she's got quite the tongue. So absolutely. Money Movers, what a treat this has been, Suki. Thank you so much. And Money Movers, that's all the time we have for today. But please make sure to follow Suki Fuller on her social media. I would start with LinkedIn, as she has told you. And Money Movers, if we have helped you to make your money move, please make sure to let us know by sending us a like, sharing the knowledge, and or leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. And make sure to tune in to Money Moves. Monday to Friday and subscribe to the Money Moves podcast powered by Greenwood so that you too can have the keys to financial freedom you so rightly deserve. Thank you so much for tuning in Money Moves audience. If you want more or a recap of this episode, please go to thebankgreenwood.com and check out the Money Moves podcast blog. Money Moves is an iHeartRadio podcast powered by Greenwood, executive produced by Sunwise Media Inc. For more podcasts on iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men... How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...scams a bunch of famous athletes out of untold fortunes... Nearly $10 million was all gone. It's just unbelievable. Hide your money in your old rich men, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.